This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking hoops, talking nets, the disaster that was. And look, I understand that Kyrie Irving is who sunk this ship. I know that. But, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the show that Kevin Durant, to me, should maybe absorb a little bit more of the blame than maybe he's getting. Like, like people, I think, look at Kevin Durant in his, in his role in this whole thing in Brooklyn and almost, like, empathize with him. Like, oh, he was duped by Kyrie. You know, like, he had no role in this because he's a great player, right? And he hasn't done things as controversial as, let's say, Kyrie Irving is. But, I mean, let, 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 let's talk facts, pure facts, right? Let's break it down that way here. If you want to look at the last four years and how much responsibility in each one's role as to why this thing didn't play itself out. Kyrie Irving played 143 games as a net. Kevin Durant played only 129. So think about that for a second. Kyrie was actually available more than KD was. And remember, that whole first season, the Nets paid Kevin Durant $37 million to essentially redshirt, knowing that he wasn't going to be a part of this team. And KD had no problems taking that money and on multiple occasions wanted out of here. Opted into his new contract extension or signed his new contract extension last summer. Then by, oh, by the way, trade me. And then they talked him off the ledge. Plays a little bit this year. Gets hurt again. Sees Kyrie get traded. And now he wants out and wants to go to another team that could win a championship because the team that he's a part of had no shot of winning a title. You know, if you wanted to, see, here's the thing. If you wanted to maybe restore some credibility, in my opinion, if you're Kevin Durant, in light of all this stuff, after you trade Kyrie, how about you go back and you tell Sean Marks, you tell Joe Sy, you say, well, you know what? Let me finish out the year here. Let me finish out the year and see how deep of a run we can make in the playoffs. I think that would have made him look a hell of a lot better than trade me to Phoenix. You know, how about be a leader, right? Be an all-time great. How about accept the challenge? Where was that for Kevin Durant while he was here in Brooklyn? Really? How about let's tough it out? You know, I made a commitment to this team. I took all your money. Like I said, $37 million that first year when you didn't even play a second when you were rehabbing from your injury. How about maybe owe it to the team a little bit and all the other time you missed because of injury? Well, Kyrie's gone. You know what? Hey, we're playing good basketball. We're still in a decent position in the Eastern Conference. How about put the team on my back and let's see how far we can take this thing. Maybe at least win a round. I mean, hell, the expectations aren't that high, right? I mean, all they did was win a round. We could do that again in the Eastern Conference. Why not? But no, let's take the easy way out. Trade me to a team that's already built, that's already got all-stars, and let me go try to win a championship out there. That's loyalty for you. Good job. Let's say hi to uh, Jason in Queens up next here on 98.7. Jason, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, What's up, Jay? Two, two questions. Uh, good. One with basketball. I know you haven't gotten to football yet, but the basketball one is what do you find more disappointing? The Knicks not being able to get land a superstar and be relevant or the Nets actually getting a bunch and only winning one playoff round. And the football one, real quick, is um, with Philadelphia being as good as they are, they haven't been in a competitive game in over a month. Do you think that that's going to play any role in the game and, and pressure situations and things of that nature? 
appreciate it. Might, the call. It might not. Thank you, it might, Jason, it might, it might not. That's one of the questions I think you have going into this game tomorrow, right? Because Philadelphia, right, in the two playoff games, they weren't really tested. Giants were a team that was kind of happy to be there, and they got exposed in a big way, even though they had a great season. And then you have the 49ers who played without a quarterback. And I read somewhere that in the NFL, that is not advised to try to win a game, especially a conference championship game, without a quarterback. So they haven't been tested. But you know what? There have been other teams that also had a, a, a lopsided path through the playoffs, got to the Super Bowl, and still rolled. You know, we're going to find out tomorrow. I think it's going to be a close game. I really and truly think so. We'll get into the breakdown, and we'll, you know, slice it up here for you. But I, I think you're going to get a good, ga- good game tomorrow. As far as the question about the Knicks not being able to land the superstar versus the Nets and what they've been going through here, I think the difference is, okay, if you're the Nets, you had your superstars, and what'd you get out of it? Got nothing. At least the Knicks, you can have somewhat of a built-in excuse and say, okay, you haven't had that guy. But you know what? Knicks got themselves two All-Stars right now. And even though the Jalen Brunson technically is not an All-Star, he's an All-Star. If you watch the games, he's an All-Star. He should be there. Jalen Brunson's better than anybody on the Nets right now. Let's see what happens with the Knicks. Let's see what happens with the Nets. But see, the problem with the Nets is I can't believe that they're going to go all in and go down this road again and build it the right way. And, you know, are they going to start talking culture again and identity and team building and building with the right guys? Are they going to kind of spin that whole exercise at us again like they did once upon a time only to sell out and then go championship and star chasing again? Like what road are we going down? So I'll believe it when I see it. Let's say hi to Marvin in the Bronx up next here on 9870 ESPN. Marvin, good morning. Hey, how are you? Good morning. How you doing? Good, Marvin. What's up? Look, I figured you'd start with the Super Bowl, but since you went basketball, I'm going to point this out, all right? Yeah. The thing, the thing why Jordan gets such an iconic position, people never talk about this. He could have left the Bulls, but he said, and it showed the, the great, and his greatness, he said, look, I'm going to make myself, even when they were dealing with Detroit, I'm going to make myself better. And I'm gonna take these guys with me, and, t- and build us to take us to a championship level. He said, "I'm gonna demand, I'm gonna demand stuff for myself, but I'm also gonna demand stuff from them." And that's the true great- greatness in Jordan. And that's what I see the difference between him and LeBron. LeBron went off and made a super team, but Jordan stayed in the organization. He, w- I have a friend that's a big time Bulls fan. He was never the highest paid player in the league, but he, his will and his drive said, "Look." I'm going to take this. I'm going to be the superstar. I'm going to be the headlines, and I'm going to take this team to the next level. Different time. Mar- look, Marvin, you don't have to convince me anything about Jordan, okay? I- I'm-, I'm team Jordan all the way. But the other thing you got to acknowledge, though, different time. You know, different time, different era. If-, if-, if Michael Jordan was, let's say, playing in this day and age with the super teams and guys all playing with their buddies and so on and so forth, it, it might have been different. He might have left the Chicago Bulls. We don't know. And we lost Marvin, but I thank him for the phone call. It's a little bit different. You know, we talked about that whole stuff earlier this week with LeBron when he broke the scoring record. And it's really difficult to compare eras. You know, how Kareem went about getting all his points, how LeBron went about getting his You know, LeBron had the luxury of the three-point shot. Kareem, The three-point shot wasn't even a thing for the first half of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career. And Kareem made one three-pointer in his NBA career. LeBron's made over 2,000. You know, do math. 
That aids your quest when you're trying to track down a numerical scoring record. It just happens. But you know what? You're a byproduct of your era. And when you play, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. You can't control when you're born, right? It's as simple as that. This is a bad look for the Nets, though. No, no other way around it. And I'll tell you, I, I, I don't think the players get away from this scot-free. You know, KD's going to go out to Phoenix. It's going to be a lot quieter of a market than what he would have had to dealt with or was dealing with out here in Brooklyn. I don't know if he's going to keep the burner accounts or not now that he's out in Phoenix. But, you know, it's same old, same old, and he absorbs some of the blame here. Because once upon a time, you know, if you want to go back to 2019 again, remember, once upon a time, KD rolled into Brooklyn and was waxing poetic about the head coach of the Nets at the time and Kenny Atkinson. Basically talked up Kenny Atkinson like he was the guy who invented basketball with, with, with the peach basket. That's how innovative a tactician that Kenny Atkinson was. KD was talking about going on YouTube and just, you know, being immersed in watching Kenny Atkinson's teams and the offensive sets that he was designing. And he thought it was like the most brilliant thing he ever watched. And that was very enticing to him as to why he picked Brooklyn. But then once upon a time, not long after that, I guess KD had selective amnesia and forgot about all those wonderful offensive sets that he was watching on YouTube because when they ran up by him, hey, KD, you want to throw Kenny Atkinson to the the Sharks, he said, yeah, no problem. That's how this game goes. What have you done for me lately? And like I said, if KD thinks he's getting to a finals and he's got a ready-to-made win team out, this Phoenix team out there, by the way, is not the Warriors. It's not. He's not joining up with Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. They're talented, but they're not those guys. Okay, Golden State champions. Champions. What has this Phoenix team won? They had a golden opportunity to win a finals a couple of years ago, and they wet themselves when they were up 2-0 in the finals. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Hey, the Jets had a big night a couple of nights ago, right? They still don't know who their quarterback is going to be. We'll get into some of that stuff when we return. It's the Dan Grosser Show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number so the nfl honors was a good night if you are a fan of the new york jets 
you are now the prized owners of the defensive rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year. You're getting a couple of guys into the Hall of Fame this summer. Canton, Ohio is going to be a green takeover in early August. You know, you're going to have the Hall of Fame game that the Jets will be a part of, even though no regulars are going to play in that game. The Hall of Fame game is, you know, essentially become the glorified last preseason game, even though it's the first one. Nobody plays in it. Um, but we'll be there for it regardless. So you're going to get the Hall of Fame game. Then you're going to get the ceremony with Joe Klecko going into the Hall of Fame and Darrell Revis. So, 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 so rightly deserved. And we'll talk about those guys in a little bit. But it was something that happened before even the ceremony, which kind of caught some attention there as the Jets continue their search to find a quarterback in the off-season waters of the National Football League. Now, we haven't heard anything from Aaron Rodgers for a couple of days because I think this might be day two of the darkness retreat. Uh, we don't know if they've thrown breakfast down to him in the hole yet. We don't know yet. We haven't gotten any confirmation yet. We've got, you know, some some uh, reporters on the scene, some moles trying to dig in and, and, and get the latest there as to maybe if he made his decision. It's basically like Aaron Rodgers is like the groundhog. Like after this four-day retreat is over, he's going to emerge from his little hut and, you know, they're going to hold him up in the air and they're gonna, he's going to whisper into somebody's ear as to whether or not he wants to play football in 2023 and what team he wants to play for in 2023. Think of, think of Aaron Rodgers as a groundhog for the upcoming season. I think I that's might, what he's trying do. to accomplish this in, in, with this retreat. But the owner of the Jets, Woody Johnson, was working the red carpet at the NFL Honors thing the other night. And he caught up with Diana Rossini of ESPN. And look, I, I mean, the question that's going to be thrown around with the Jets specifically is always going to be about Rodgers now. You know, the Jets need a quarterback. Rodgers is potentially in play. You know that there is a built-in connection there with the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. So is that potentially a match? Now, of course, Woody Johnson can't talk about a player specifically because Rodgers is under contract right now with the Green Bay Packers. But he was asked, would you be willing to pay high compensation for somebody like an Aaron Rodgers? Depends on whatever these quarterbacks, particularly if they're free agents or they want to leave, it's up to what they want to do. What do they want to do? And how do they want to structure themselves? Obviously, he's under contract with the Green Bay Packers. So it would... yeah, So you can't really talk about, I can't really talk about him because he's a you know, member of another club, but yeah. everybody recognizes talent. All right, Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback, right? We understand those things. But... Plainly speaking, do you want Aaron Rodgers on this team? You want the best quarterback that you can get to lead the Jets. And I think with a good quarterback and our great defense, and the defense will be a lot better with a quarterback, you know, that's actually doing it and a good running game and just what the, what the coach is talking about. Our special team is really good. And so well, it's plug and play. I mean, I think a quarterback comes in, it's, it's kind of an ideal situation. And what he also said, you know, look, the elephant in the room, it's pretty obvious. The quarterback position was a problem for them last year. The weakness was in the quarterback position. You know, whether it was management or whatever, everybody kind of regressed a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're, we are going to look for, you know, an experienced, experienced quarterback to come in and help us and help develop these other young players. All right, here's what this tells me. And, and we'll hear from you at 800-919-3776. These type of comments, this is from the owner. Guy who signs the checks, makes all the decisions, that type of stuff. What it tells me is remember all that controversy and people wanted to really make it a thing back in, was it December, early December, when the Jets boarded the plane that day to go to, I think it was Minnesota, 
and they all wore the Mike F. and white T-shirts. And how, you know, that wasn't necessarily something that was probably a, a positive for Zach Wilson, considering, hey, he is the other quarterback, and now you got this other guy in Mike White, and you got guys in that locker room, Zach's teammates, who are lending their support to the other guy. Well, you know what? When you have the owner coming out and saying things like this, those Mike White t-shirts, those might as well have been bouquets for Zach Wilson in terms of how, you know, the mild type of lack of support that it might have been for him compared to this. Because now, make no mistake about it, the owner is coming out there and telling you that they need to upgrade the quarterback position. And that was something that he said at the end of the season. So there really isn't any sort of mystery, right? There isn't any sort of suspense as to how this is all going to play itself out. And Robert Sala and Joe Douglas and everybody, they could sit there and tell you that they want to develop Zach Wilson and they hope that he can grow and they believe in the talent, they believe in the player and he works hard. Hey, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring when it comes to football. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring with the world. But if you're reading the comments right from the owner, and I don't know how to read them any other different way, Zach Wilson is not even like on the radar. I mean, he's somebody who's just like there because he's under contract. But in terms of like factoring into their plans, I, I mean, you ask me, that ship has sailed, hasn't it? When they're talking about moving heaven and earth to try to go get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not want to be there, who may or may not want to even play football next year, that's pretty telling. And what it's going to cost you, right? I mean, you think Woody Johnson is in love with the fact that if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have to cut Aaron Rodgers a check for $60 million guaranteed? Just for next year, $60 million bucks. But you know what? If it means your team's going to win and he could go to the playoffs and he can actually be a factor and be in the conversation for the first time in a dozen years, then you're darn right. That's what he's going to do. But it ain't going to be Zach Wilson. That's That's done. Barring something completely, completely unforeseen. Like, you would have to bring in a new quarterback and have that guy completely either crash and burn or suffer some catastrophic injury to where now you're reduced to even having somebody like Zach Wilson have to step out on the field for you and play quarterback. I don't know if you can look at the 2023 Jets in any way, shape, or form and say that Zach Wilson is going to factor in to what this team does on the football field. Just can't. No way, no how. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Well, what about Derek Carr? Because he's now already started to make the rounds. How much can you read into that as far as the Jets' approach and maybe with the timetable, how things are playing themselves out here? Plus, we'll get into the Super Bowl matchup, of course, tomorrow. Yeah, pretty big game. We'll have plenty to say on the Eagles and the Chiefs as well. Dan Gross's show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Think of Aaron Rodgers as a groundhog. This is the Dan Gross's show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Remember, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. That is the telephone number. Seriously, I'm really happy for Joe Klecko getting into the Hall of Fame finally. Long overdue. Um, shot him a text yesterday and, you know, can't wait to see him again, you know, when he stops by every year at our, our setup during the season. And, you know, the plan is to be out there for the induction in Canton. I'm looking forward to that. I've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that'll be a first for me getting out there. And what better reason than to go this year when you're going to get two Jets going in, uh, you know, Hall of Fame game and the whole nine yards. And Revis, you know, there was some talk about Revis as to whether he would be a first ballot guy. Not if he was going to get in the Hall of Fame. We knew that. But whether or not he'd be a first ballot guy because, you know, his career maybe wasn't as long as some of these other guys. And maybe his true peak years with the Jets were only about no more than like a five-year period. But I think... The voters recognized, you know, his level of dominance and how he was a complete corner. You know, he wasn't one of these guys that would just defend you in the passing game. He wasn't afraid to play physical and get down and actually make tackles. And he was just an all-around great player. And, um, you know, it's good that the Jets get a couple of more guys represented in Canton, Ohio, because, I mean, it goes without saying, they really have not had a lot of true Jets and guys who, you know, are going to be known as Jets or remembered as Jets in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, you think about the guys like, you know, Namath and Maynard. Curtis Martin is going to be remembered as a Jet because he played the majority of his career there. Um, now Revis, of course, Klecko. And, and, you know, the one who's like the, the, the kind of maybe the 50-50 split a little bit is Kevin Mawai. I, I, I think of Mawai as a Jet, you know, and we've had Mawai on when he went into the Hall of Fame a few years ago. That was before covid um, and he even said, you know, that's how he kind of identifies himself because, you know, Mawai, even when the Jets let him go, he still had a lot of good years with the Tennessee Titans still after the Jets. But his his best years, his, you know, prime years, I think, were with the Jets. And, you know, when Bill Parcells, you know, got this team turned around, you know, going into his second season in 98, you know, he Mawai was the guy that, you know, he identified that he had to go throw big money at. He was with the Seattle Seahawks, and it was, you know, his first time as a free agent. He said, that's the guy I need to, to anchor the offensive line, to block big old Teddy Washington, who was the mammoth nose tackle for the Buffalo Bills at that time. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. They go to the championship game that year. Mawai was just a, you know, a dominant center, all pro, Hall of Famer. So, yeah, I mean, there aren't that many. You know, when you're talking about the Jets and the history of, of, of the franchise, ironically enough, John Riggins was a Jet draft choice. But you think of him and you think of his career, he's remembered more for being with Washington and the Redskins, even though he was, you know, a Jet initially. So it'll be fun. And, uh, you know, again, good for Joe because he was passed over for a lot of years there. And, you know, somehow, some way you fall through the cracks. And there's a lot of really, really good players who somehow, you know, just – don't get in initially, you know, when they're their first time on the modern ballot. But, you know, hopefully they correct that wrong and uh, guys like him can find their way to be uh, to be acknowledged there. Back to the current team, though, with the quarterback situation. And Derek Carr, you know, has spent some time now with the New Orleans Saints for the last couple of days. 
Um, but he hasn't left with a contract yet. And what that means is, you know, the Raiders and the Saints have worked out trade compensation for Derek Carr. But Derek Carr is a no-trade clause. So Carr was allowed to go visit New Orleans, you know, kind of see everything, the practice field, the facilities, the cafeteria, those type of things. But still no deal. And, you know, people are trying to play connect the dots because Dennis Allen, who's the coach with the Saints, was Carr's coach with the Raiders, but it was only for a handful of games, and then Allen got fired. So they really haven't spent that much time together. I think that a place like the Saints makes a lot of sense. You know, you get him out of the AFC. He's going to be playing the majority of his games indoors. You know, Carr is historically not a very good cold-weather quarterback. So I, I, I do think the fit would actually be pretty good for Carr if he wants to continue to maximize his production level at the quarterback position. And the clock is ticking. Remember, February 15th, which is, what, Wednesday. That's the day the Raiders have to make that decision. If they don't work out a trade and if they don't get something done before then, they're just going to cut him loose. And then he's going to be a free agent. Because that money, what is it, $40 million guaranteed, that becomes guaranteed for the Raiders when it comes to Carr. And and they don't want to be saddled with that for somebody that's not even going to be on their team next year. So maybe it's kind of like a, a game of chicken right now with some of these other clubs in the NFL. Like, why should I give up anything for a guy who's going to be available for anybody to sign in just a few more days? But it's a dangerous game that you risk because let's just say if you want to get your hands on somebody like Carr and let's say with the Saints it does work out and he decides to choose them, well, then you lost out on him. And instead of trying to work out compensation with the Raiders, you get burned that it's one less quarterback available. But right now, if you're the Jets... And you're lining up your options. Okay, we talked about Rodgers, Carr. Garoppolo is the guy that money is all it's going to take, right? He's a free agent. You're going to have an opportunity to sign him a month from now. And then, like, Ryan Tannehill's name is being thrown out there because he's a veteran quarterback, and Tennessee might decide to move on. I actually think they should. So I think Tennessee needs to maybe retool things a little bit with how that organization is kind of unfolding. I'm not saying that Malik Willis is their answer at quarterback. I know that Josh Dobbs is not their answer. I think that their quarterback years into the future is not even on their team right now in Tennessee, but that's their problem. You know, so then you might want to unload a guy like Tannehill, free up some of that money, but can you imagine if you're a Jet fan and you're getting ready for next season and Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback, Right? Like, you made strides this past year. You got some good young talent. You talked all offseason about needing to upgrade that all-important position, and then you trot out Ryan Tannehill there on week one, opening day, whatever that is. New York. Does Ryan Tannehill move the needle for anybody? Not for me. I, I mean, that to me, I, I, you might as well just run it back with Mike White. You might as well. I mean, Ryan, Ta- Ryan Tannehill is a guy who, remember, now he's coming off of ankle surgery. He'd been around the league for a while. So some of that mobility that he had earlier in his career takes a hit. I think that Tannehill's a guy at this stage of his career that really needs like every and, – and he's always been this guy, in my opinion. He's not a guy that's going to put a team on his shoulders. He's somebody that needs a lot of stuff around him to be really tailored to his liking. You know, you need a strong offensive line. you got to have a strong running game, all those type of things. Like, but I, I don't think Ryan Tannehill an explosive offense. 
And I think if you're the Jets, he is like the final, final option if you have swung and missed with, let's say, those three other guys. And I don't think they're getting Carr, by the way. I think Carr is going to be off in a different direction. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. I don't know which way he's leaning. But they better find out pretty soon here. But, again, it could be a waiting game for you because Green Bay has a little bit more time on their hands because that window for them is June 1st about their dead cap hit that they would absorb if they move him before June 1. Right now, if you're asking me, what is this, February the 11th? Who's going to be the starting quarterback going into training camp for the Jets? Right now, I'm leaning towards Garoppolo. Just because all that takes is money. You don't have to get into all this trickery about trades and is he going to play, is he not going to play. That's a dude you could just go sign in a month and then let everything else fall into place. If, if you're a Jet fan, let me throw that one at you. If you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, and let's say you re-sign Mike White, to be your backup and to be an insurance policy because, hell, you're going to need an insurance policy if it is Garoppolo because he gets hurt every year. Is that the worst thing in the world for you? I certainly think they'd be in a better situation than they were last year, at least on paper. If you have Garoppolo, then Mike White, and then Zach Wilson will be the third stringer not active on game days again. You could do worse. You could do worse. 800-919-3776. John in Long Island is up next. Here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Making some What's really, up, I mean, just making a lot of sense. Great, great points uh, all through the morning. Um, and wanted to touch on a couple things for the Jets quarterback. Called in last week. I'm saying, oh, let's do everything we can to get Aaron Rodgers, right? What happens this week um, really changes it, I think, for most Jets fans. And you just outlined, if we get Jimmy G, have Mike White, and you've got Zach Wilson as, you know, in, somewhere in the abyss, developing whatever it is, um, you're right. He's not part of the equation this, this upcoming year, and he shouldn't be, right? It was good to hear Woody come out and say they want to invest in the team, get a quarterback, because there was some conflict, like, oh, is Woody really dedicated to, to Zach Wilson? Put him to the side. How do we get we, – we said last week, you get a new quarterback in, you're, you're light years ahead of what we had last year, right? My question is, how do we wait now for Rodgers? After he comes out and says all this, it's almost like he's toying with everyone because he wants to stay in the, in, the, in the media. He wants to stay in the headlines. He could just, on a, on a dime, pivot and say, I only want to go to the Raiders and play with Devontae Adams. I only want to stay at Green Bay. We don't know, and then we have to wait till June, and you just outlined a nightmare scenario. We're, we, got, we got Tannehill, or we got someone else. You know, Jimmy G does have the injury concerns. It does sound like Derek Carr probably wants to go to an indoor team or, or another, you know, different type of market. So I, I think what you just outlined, Jimmy G, Mike White, you know, let Zach Wilson kind of, you know, be the third quarterback. I don't think he's got a future with the, the, the organization anymore. I think it's just a well-thought-out plan, and you got to take action now because the, the, the response down the line if you wait for Rodgers is no good. I, I really think you got to do something now. John, I agree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. I mean, un- unless, unless you get assurances somehow, some way, through the Rodgers camp that this is the way he's going to go, and this is how he's leaning, and this is where he wants to be, for example. But do you think you're getting any of those guarantees? As John said, you know, who, who knows what Rodgers is thinking? You know, the dude has just basically excused himself from the world to go sit in the dark for four days. Is that the guy you want running your football team? You know, that's the guy you want to put the organization on his back? Guy who goes and, you know, hides in the dark for a week? 
That's risky. I know he's a hell of a quarterback, and I know he likes Nathaniel Hackett, but I'm a big electricity guy. You know, give me give me light any day of the week. That's just my own personal preference. Maybe some guys in that organization are too. I would like to think that they are. He's too kind of mercurial for me. Too 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 kind of you know, <laughs> up and down. But the Ryan Tannehill thing, like when I when I saw that, I'm thinking to myself. I mean, is you 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 can tell Jet fans that they're re-signing Josh McCown to be the starting quarterback next year, and, and they'd probably be more in favor of that than Ryan Tannehill. Or basically get the same type of response. By the way, congrats to Josh McCown. He's going to join Frank Reich's coaching staff down with the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be the quarterback coach. By the way, guess who he's going to be working with in Carolina? That's right. Frank Reich and the Panthers, they saw, boy, when Josh McCown was with Sam Darnold in New York, boy, that worked out great. Let's try to catch lightning in a bottle, but this time Carolina style. Panthers are all in on seven and nine, baby. Seven and nine. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Dan Grosser Show. We're coming right back on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem. He's up next here on ninety eight seven. My man, Lonnie. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan the man. How you doing? Joe, what's up? Harvey, what's up? I just wanted to call in all the way from just wanted to call away all the way from Lichtenstein, aka my bed. <laughs> here on this glorious Saturday morning. There you and go. Earlier you was you was talking Knicks and Nets. And I had called in the first to chop it up with my my my, my main guy Joe over there. And it's it just, you know, it's crazy because like I was talking to him and I'm just like, yo, it's crazy because like as a Knicks fan. I don't know whether, whether I would rather not get the stars and continue to suffer as as we do now as a Knicks fan, waiting for them and, you know, hearing the same thing over and over, or we're waiting for the superstar to land, or actually getting three of them and doing absolutely nothing with them besides pulling out your hair the entire time. I mean, I honestly feel bad for Nets fan and for the Nets organization because they actually had a decent team before doing all of this with the Spencer Dinwiddie and the, um, Jared Allen and, and Karis LeVert. And I think Karis LeVert is actually a great player, and they just traded him away. But the, you know, honestly, that trade might have saved his life too. That's, that's another thing we kind of need I to know, look right? At. Right. But it's it's just, it's just like a uh, man. And then you get left with bum Ben Simmons, the albatross of basketball. I mean, you get you collectively had four stars on your team, and you get left with the worst one. I mean, what? Uh, God, I feel so bad for for Joe and, and Nets fans. I feel bad for the Nets organization, but they did it to themselves. You let these guys come in here and just just take over the prison. I mean, what's going on? I, like I said, I was talking to Joe, and I just had to call back and, and basically say this on air because I heard somebody else say it, and they're like. You you said something earlier. You was like they get left with nothing. No, they got left with Ben Simmons. Then Ben Simmons and as a Nick and, a, and as a Nick fan, all I can do is sit here and laugh. Lonnie, you know what it is. Of a you know what it is. Uh, Lonnie, thanks for the phone call. You you know what it is, Ben Simmons. It's like that meme of the Fresh Prince, like in the living room, like looking around. He's all by himself, no furniture, nothing there. That's Ben Simmons, right now in Brooklyn. It is ironic though. You know, this is the dude, like, when he came here and, the, you know, can he play? Can he not play? Where is he at? 
you know, he had back issues, just so much going on with him. And now he's the only one left. And you got to see the problem with Ben Simmons right now is like, what type of value does he have? Like, even if you wanted to move him and really start fresh and wipe the slate clean, what type of value does Ben Simmons have around the league? Like, really and truly. But that is an interesting question. Like, last four years, would you rather have been the Knicks, who had one good season where you made the playoffs, you know, and then you lost to Atlanta? Or would you rather be the Nets? Who each year you went into the season thinking that they could win a championship, but they underachieved drastically each and every time out. So it's like waking up thinking you could win the lottery or waking up with realistic expectations and saying, you know what, I'm going to go about my day. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee in the morning. You know, maybe go for a nice walk in the park. Weather's supposed to be nice. But that's kind of my day. Nothing, Nothing extraordinary. It just is what it is. Or do you think he could hit the lottery and he could win, you know, a billion dollars, but you know you're not going to win a billion dollars? That's the difference between being a Nets fan and a Knicks fan over the last four years. Sensible reality or just dreaming for the stars, but those dreams never coming true. Robert in New Jersey. He's up next here on 98.7. Hey, Robert, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dan. Good morning. Uh, thanks for uh, taking the call. Excuse me. <laughs> um, you know, I... I just got a, a question, kind of, sort of, put it out there and then get to a point. But why, why does everybody think that uh, Devontae Adams is the sure seal envelope drop in the bucket deal for Aaron Rodgers? You know, everybody's forgetting about the rift that these two had. Let's not take away the chemistry. I'm not. But does everybody forget about the rift that these two had? Well, I, and, I think, you know what it is, Robert, just to answer your question just as succinctly as possible. If you look at the team, because we know the Raiders need a quarterback because they said goodbye to Derek Carr. If you look at the teams that need quarterbacks on the surface, there's one of them that already has a guy who's been very productive with Aaron Rodgers before in their careers and vice versa. That's the Raiders with Devontae Adams. That, it's, just, it's no different. Remember, when the, when the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett, people thought, oh, they hired Nathaniel Hackett. That means that Aaron Rodgers is coming. Right. Gonna, that's the only way they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. People are just trying to play Correct. connect the dots. Correct. And, and you know what? I'm a third-generation season ticket holder. <laughs> Believe me. Believe me, I understand. But with that being said, Dan, and, and Devontae Adams and the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and we just, have an ele- we just had an 1,100-yard career, uh, excuse me, I should say career, season out of a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, I read a lot, Dan, I'm on Twitter, you know, and, 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 and I got a lot of friends, Green Bay, my whole neighborhood in, in Jersey here, all Green Bay fans, all their names really? in the bricks in Wisconsin. Oh, man, it's so cool, Dan. It's so cool. My buddy Frank Cross Street, die hard. You go in his yard, we call it the la- we call it the lodge, the Moose Lodge. It is unbelievable. Where with, in New with Jersey the is this uh, Green, Green Bay, Bay yeah. East? Yeah, Green Bay. <laughs> no, but where in Jersey? The Green where Bay are you, where's in your the Ray And the Jets played this year. Was, we had such a great time. But anyway, um, just to bring out a point, I, wanna, I don't want to keep you too long, but, you know, I have – so when Nathaniel Hackett was high, we want to play connect the dots with, with, with Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, when, when Hackett was in Denver, that was such a toxic connection there because 
ownership, like every other ownership in the NFL, everybody, every team has a meddling owner. Don't let no, don't let any other team fool you, including the Patriots with 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 with, with him up there. All right. So my point is, Nathaniel Hackett coming to the Jets, okay, is kind of saying we need to run your offense, and there's only one guy out there who can run that offense. There's got to be something brewing that nobody's seeing, hearing, learning, reading. It's got to be something there. And the fallback, let's talk about the fallback, because that's what most likely, because that's what we're used to. And, okay, let's talk about the fallback. You know, Tannehill didn't have such, I'm not saying he's the guy, but he didn't have such a bad career. He wasn't a bad career guy. Let's look at some of the numbers that he has. Okay, but to go to Garoppolo, would you want Garoppolo? We just got rid of LaFleur. I know we needed a scapegoat. But Nathaniel Hackett with Garoppolo style, that's an imperable situation right there. That can never work. That will never work. You know what I'm saying, Dan? That, that's a down-the-drain situation with them it's two. Th- but, Robert, but here's, the thing. here's the thing, Robert, and I thank you for the phone call. Garoppolo, though, okay, he's coming from a West Coast offense. Hackett runs – a variation of the West Coast offense. He has some experience in that type of language, right? The thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, I know people want to throw you know cold water on him and talk about all the things that he isn't and the injuries and so on and so forth. I keep bringing it up, including the playoffs, okay? Including the playoffs. The dude is 44-19 and 19 as a starting quarterback. 44 and 19. That's winning, you know, you do some quick math. How many games is that? 44 divided by 63, the games you started, that's a 70% winning percentage. If you're a Jet fan right now, if I told you you wouldn't win, you want to win 70% of your games next year in the regular season, you win 70% of your games, guess what? You're having a really, really good year, and you're going to the playoffs. If you win 70% of your games, you know, that's 11 wins, 12 wins, somewhere around there. I think any Jet fan would sign up for that, given where they've been for the last dozen years. We'll come back final hour. We'll sprinkle in some Super Bowl conversation. 60 minutes still to play with, then it's Islanders Hockey at noon. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN.